Wonderful. Who was here last week? Most of us? All right, cool. Well, it sounds like last week is pretty crucial in order for this week to be significant or applicable um, because this topic is... So the title of this message is The Sense of Life. You'll see that there, The Sense of Life. So in order for this message to make sense, we need to realize that fellowship with the Lord is the condition or kind of like the base, the foundation of being able to understand what this is talking about. If we're not in fellowship with Jesus, this doesn't make any sense at all. So last week, if y'all talked about the conscience, that's great because by dealing with our conscience, if the Lord touches our conscience about something, if we confess that to the Lord, we're instantly back in fellowship with him, just like that. And then we can have more of the sense of life, which is what we'll talk about tonight. So, but um, I think it's important, first of all, to realize when we say the sense of life, what do we mean by the term life? Um, so life is, a, is an abstract concept, probably, to a lot of us. I mean, it's very difficult to define life. But what are we talking about when we're talking about the sense of life? In this message, it's on point number one, you'll see there, it's the divine life. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, the divine life. Then you'll see point two, the sense of life. And then you'll see point three is uh, our pursuing the Lord, learning by pursuing. But I have a question for you all. And the question is this. Why did God decide that he was going to live inside of us? Could not he have decided that he would just create us and have a relationship with us from the outside. Have you ever thought about this? Why did God determine that he would live inside of human beings and not just make us like all other created things and be apart from them, outside of them, like every other created being that exists? Is God inside other created beings? So why did he make it so that he would be inside human beings, in their actual beings? What is up with that? Is that a mystery? Think about it. I mean, it's just incredible. Why did God make it that way? I mean, I could communicate with you right here. How are you doing? Are you okay? I can, we have a pretty close communication right now. I can see your eyes. I see your expression. Hey, how are you doing? Great. Good. Look at you. He's smiling. I mean, we could communicate like this. No problem. But I'm not inside of him. What if I actually got inside? <laughs> inside of you, bro. Inside your being. Do you think I could know you pretty well then? Yeah. Hmm. That's just, I mean, I don't even know what to think about that. Whoa, but, or what if you could get inside of me and I could be inside of you at the same time? Whew, that'd be wild. Very, it's an interesting thing to think about. So just ponder that sometime when you have, when you're just walking on the campus. What is this thing about God wanting to be inside of us? All right, so the, the divine life that we're talking about um, here is... Uh, 
is referred to in some famous verses in John 10, 10. Some of, some, a lot of us know these verses, but um, maybe the, the, the dudes could read this out loud. <laughs> so can all the dudes um, go ahead and read John 10, 10 through 11? Ready, go. Awesome. So the Lord says, tells us why he came, which is awesome. It just tells us, you don't have to like kind of wonder why Jesus came. I came that they may have life and may have it abundantly. And I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So in that verse there, the first mention of life, you'll see it, it says, I have come that they may have life. That is Zoe in Greek. Z-O-E, if you want to write that down. I have come that they may have Zoe in Greek. But then the next time the Lord says life, he says, the good shepherd lays down his suke. That's a different Greek word. That's not Zoe. He laid down his suke that we may have Zoe. So suke in Greek is the soul life. So the Lord laid down his human life that we may have the Zoe life which refers to the divine life of God. The divine life of God. All right, you guys. So just hang with me, okay? This is some deep, in a sense, stuff. But on the other hand, it's not that deep. So just hang, hang with it. And we're going to see something pretty amazing here. So there's the Zoe life, which is the divine life. The divine life. There's not multiple divine lives. There's only one. It's the divine life. And the Lord gave his soul life, his human life up for us. He died that we could have this divine life. In John 14, 6, the Lord said, I am the way and the truth and the life. That's Zoe in Greek. Again, he is the divine life. The Lord is. Jesus himself said that. I am the life. He's not saying I am the life of luxury that you can live if you believe in me and you'll be rich. I am the life. He's not saying that. He's saying, I am actually in the universe, the real life. I am the real thing in this universe, the life. That's what he's saying. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life in the universe. And no one comes to the Father except through me. All right, so Jesus is the life. Then the next verse says, the spirit of life. That's Zoe. So what's the spirit? Spirit is Zoe. Christ is Zoe. The Spirit is Zoe, the Spirit of life. And then the next verse says, being darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God. God is life. The Father is the divine life. So what is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit? The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the one God we believe in, is Zoe. That is the divine life. That's, that's what God is. He is life. But he wants this life to be in us, which is pretty incredible. So in John eleven twenty five, 25, the Lord said, I am the resurrection and the life. Again, marvelous. That's the Zoe. He who believes in me, even if he should die, shall live. 
Now some characteristics of this life. So what would, you know, if you think God is life, so what are some characteristics of God? Well, he's indestructible. He's incorruptible. He's eternal. So you know that verse, that famous verse everybody knows, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that everyone who believes in him would not perish but would have? Okay, eternal life. Well, what is that? Eternal life? Who's the only eternal thing? That must be God himself. If you believe in him, the Lord is saying, you will have eternal Zoe. You'll have me. Remember, Jesus said, I am the Zoe. And then in Romans, it says, the spirit is Zoe. And then in Ephesians, it says, the father is Zoe. So the Lord's saying, if you believe in me, he's not saying you'll just live forever. Of course you'll live forever. But he's saying, you'll have me. That's actually what Jesus is saying in the most famous verse in, in the world. <laughs> you'll have me as your eternal life. That's pretty amazing. Not just you'll live forever, no. He's saying, you'll have me. I'm the life. Amen. I love Jesus. There's no one better in the universe. Nothing compares at all to Jesus. If I could live forever apart from Jesus, I wouldn't want to. So that's not something that's so wonderful unless he is your life. Now in Acts 2.24, it says here that God raised up Christ, raised him from the dead since it was not possible for him to be held by death. So the divine life is untouchable. Death has no effect whatsoever. Do you think God can die? Absolutely not. He's indestructible. He's the divine eternal life. Death can do nothing to him. All right, what's another characteristic? The next verse, he, it says, you were born again, regenerated, born again, of incorruptible seed. It cannot be corrupted. It's incorruptible. Again, death can't do anything to it. It doesn't decay. It doesn't get old. It can't get old. It's impossible. It's eternally new. It's always new. It's, it just is. It just is. It never changes. That's the divine life. It's amazing. And then in, verse, in Hebrews 7, 16, it says that Christ was, was um, appointed according to the power of an indestructible life. That's the end of the verse. The power, so it's powerful, very powerful. What is the most powerful? You think about how powerful life is. You know, I think, like, you were just in the sequoia. You were among those massive trees, weren't you? Just huge trees. Tom was just around these humongous trees. How much power is in that tree? I mean, I wonder, like, if what it could break through. Oh, my goodness. Even, like, a little, tiny little, you know, plant can break through cement. How much could a sequoia bust through? Oh, my goodness. You think cement is powerful? Psh, it's nothing. You think it's hard, but it's not alive. Life is powerful. This life, the divine life, is the most powerful life in the universe. It says it's indestructible. Look at this. Christ was designated a high priest in the heavenlies according to the power of an indestructible life. That's the divine life of God that Jesus Christ lived by his whole life. All right. So we're talking about the divine life, which is Christ. So if you have Christ in you, can you raise your hand? If you, if you don't have Christ in you, can you raise your hand? All right. Everyone has Christ in them. Amen. Yes. So that, that's exciting for me to know that. 
And I hope for you to know that now. Because that means that you have Christ as the divine, eternal, uh, indestructible, incorruptible, powerful life in you right now. Now, why does Christ want you to have his life inside of you, in your being? Why does he even, what's the deal with that? Isn't that incredible? Think about it. It's like, are you serious? That's inside of me right now? What? I'm sitting in a classroom at UNT. What? The God himself as the all-powerful, indestructible, eternal life is in me right now. What is going on? Jeez Louise. Okay. So the next point says the sense of life. If something isn't alive, it has no sense. Does this have a sense? Are you sure? What if I annihilate it? I mean, just chainsaw. Does this have any sense? Why not? It's dead. It, well, it's not alive. I don't know if it's dead. But it's not alive, for sure. So it has no sense. But the higher the life, the higher the sense of that life. Grass doesn't have much sense. But a dog does have some sense to that life, some consciousness, some sensation based on the environment. Human beings, we have a lot of sense, a lot of feeling. We're very delicate, tender, keen, aware. How about God? Highest life, the highest sense, the keenest awareness, consciousness. Every living thing is conscious. It's aware of something. The higher the life, the higher the consciousness is. God's life has a very definite and strong sense, consciousness, an awareness. So this is an interesting thought. Maybe you've never thought about this before. Think about it. You know, a dog can't communicate. We really can't communicate with dogs that well because they have no consciousness of the human life, do they? They can't understand what it's like to be a human being, and they can't enter into the human consciousness because they're dogs. They just can't. You can't also, they can't become human. You can't do a genetic thing and make them into humans. You just can't do it. But interestingly, human beings can receive another life in addition to their human life. That's the divine life. That's Christ into them. And now they can communicate with God himself. Very interesting. We can actually have a consciousness, an awareness of, of the Lord in us and be aware of his awareness. Feel what he feels. Think what he thinks. Consider what he considers. It's pretty interesting. This is pretty interesting stuff. You think about this. Now, Romans 8, 6 is an amazing verse, okay? There's actually more than these couple verses that prove this point. But here's two really good verses to show this. This says, Paul in Romans 8 says, The mind, the human mind, set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life, Zoe, and peace. That's what Paul said. So your mind, your human mind, if it's set 
on the flesh, what is your sensation or your awareness? Death. But if your mind is set on the spirit, what is your realization? Life and peace. You just have a sense of life and peace. You're at peace. You're at rest. This is Paul's realization. Paul realizes the mind is the key. And where it's set will determine your sense in, in this, in this re- relationship with the Lord. So um, <clears throat> does anyone have like, <clears throat> like pretty good handwriting and they can write f- fairly fast? If you, if, you, if you fit that description, could you come forward, please, with boldness? <laughs> yes, Clint. Come on, brother. Yes. Woo. Yes. Bro, I brought a marker just in case. So, all right, we're going to have two columns, okay? One is life. And then we're going to have a line right down the middle, and then we'll have death. So we'll have life and death. All right. And then the title of this diagram is the sense of life up here. Okay? So we'll go ahead and write that, the sense of life. Because actually, even the sense of death is the sense of life. And the sense of life is the sense of life, but the sense of death is the sense of life. They're both the sense of life, but they have different functions in a sense. We'll see. It's pretty interesting. So, life. Paul said the mindset on the spirit is what? And? That's if your mind is set on what? The spirit. If your mind is set on the spirit, it's life and? That's what he said. So what is Paul saying? What is life and peace in our experience? It is strength. You feel strong within. You're strong in your innermost being. But what if your mind is set on the flesh? What is that? Death. What is death? The sense of death. Weakness. You can also refer back to Romans 7.24. Utter weakness is what Paul's experiencing when his mind is set on the flesh. Total weakness. The chapter right before this one. Satisfaction is another description of the sense of life. It's satisfaction. And over here, when your mind's set on the flesh, it's emptiness. That's death, is emptiness. Peace, right here. Peace, you're at peace. Over here, you're uneasy. When your mind is set on the flesh, it's uneasiness. Right? So true. Just think about your own experience. Over here, you sense rest. Over here, you sense restlessness. If your mind is set on the spirit, then you sense watering. I'm watered by the spring that we sang about just a few minutes ago. Over here, what do you sense? Dryness. Over here, you sense brightness. Hallelujah. Over here, what do you think? Darkness. No doubt. No doubt about it. I don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going. You're dark. There's just darkened. That's what it says in their understanding. They're darkened. We'll get there. Here, you're comforted. 
But here, when your mind is set on the flesh, you're in pain. Over here, we have release and livingness. Livingness. But over here, when your mind's on the flesh, we have depression. Not release, depress. So this, that's good. Yeah, so this is the, these are, I hope everyone writes these down, like puts them in their Bible or something like that, but this is a way of realizing whether or not you're in fellowship with the Lord. Because when we're in fellowship with Jesus, we have the ability to sense his presence, his life in us, his person. And if we're in fellowship with him, we have the realization of strength, satisfaction, peace, rest, being watered, we're bright, comforted, we're released, we're alive. We are alive. But if our mind is set on the flesh, we realize I, there's just weakness, emptiness, uneasiness. I'm restless, I'm dry, I'm even dark, and I may even be in pain inwardly because my mind is set on the flesh. Both of these senses are actually the sense of life, though, because, check this verse out. Here in Ephesians 4, follow me here, the next verse, it says, being darkened in their understanding... So here's the darkness. They're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God. They're alienated, separated from the life of God. What does that result in? Darkness. Because they're alienated from the life of God. Because of the ignorance which is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. The next verse, which is 419, I should have put it on here, sorry. It says that they are past feeling their past feeling. In other words, they have no sensation anymore. They don't even know that they're in darkness. They don't even know that they are these things over here. They have no consciousness. Their conscience, their conscience has been seared over. It's like a brand that you put on a cow, like a brand, and then there's no sensation anymore. They can't feel it. Now, normally, you should be able to feel pain. Normally, right? So pain. You can feel it. That's a sense of the human life. That's the sense of life. I can feel pain, and then I can do something about that. I can no longer feel pain anymore. If I accidentally stick myself, okay, I'm going to pull back. So that would be the illustration of this. When you sense pain in the spiritual realm, when you sense pain, these things, that indicates that you're in fellowship with the Lord. Actually, this is a very good thing for you to understand that you actually have an awareness, a consciousness of these in the spiritual realm. That is an indicator that you just need to come back to the Lord. If you sense these, obviously you're in fellowship with the Lord. But this doesn't mean it's just something like so spectacular and miraculous. This is just normal. Being in fellowship with the Lord is completely normal. And you don't, it's like digestion. I don't feel my stomach digesting my food right now. But if there's something wrong with my stomach, I sense it. If I don't sense it when it's functioning normally, 
This is just like digestion right here. It's just normal. My stomach is functioning. I feel strong and peaceful. I'm at rest. I'm watered. There's a brightness. I'm in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But if I sense this happening, that means the mind is set on the flesh. So what do we do? Just turn back to the Lord. He's giving you an indication that you're in pain. You're in danger. It's protecting you. This is protection. What if you couldn't feel pain, brothers? Do you think that'd be cool? Wow, I'm so strong and I can't feel any pain. I can defeat anybody. There's a, there's a congenital disease called in congenital insensitivity to pain. They can't feel pain. Can you imagine not being able to feel pain for your whole life? Do you know how dangerous that is? You can't feel it. What if something happens to you? You have no idea that you're in pain. You will die. You could die very easily, couldn't you? It's actually, this is a protection to us. It keeps us in fellowship with Jesus. It's marvelous that God has given us the sense of life. The sense of life involves both of these realizations in the spiritual realm. The mindset on the spirit is life in peace. Marvelous. It doesn't, it's not so spectacular. Sometimes it is. But it's just our normal living. But when your mind is set on the flesh, this is an indicator. Pain, pain, pain. I better turn to the Lord. Better come back to him. That's the sense of death, right? So this is awesome. But in order to have this realization, we need to be in fellowship with the Lord. First of all, we need to be in fellowship with him. Then we can realize these things. Sometimes, if we go too far and ignore this, and just ignore it, eventually we have no awareness of anything. This happens, you know. So, not with us necessarily. I'm just saying, a lot of people don't have any realization of either of these things. Okay. Now, Philippians 2.13, it is God who operates in you. This is the sense of life. It's God operating, both the willing and the working, for, you, for his good pleasure. Hallelujah. He is operating in us. It's too marvelous. Then, in 1 John 2.27, you have the Spirit flowing in you. That's the anointing. The anointing which you received when you believed in Christ, that anointing which you received, it, it's abiding in you. It's in you right now. It's flowing inside of you right now, it says here. And you have no need that anybody teach you. So what's teaching you? This verse says, look at it. It says you have no need that anybody teach you. So what is teaching you? The Holy Spirit flowing. Yes, the anointing is teaching you concerning all things. How is he teaching you? With the sense of life. Right here. This is how he's teaching you. How do you know you're going the right direction in your life? Well, what's the sense that you have? Is the sense brightness? Is the sense satisfaction? Is the sense rest? Or is the sense restlessness, uneasiness? I'm going against the Lord. I'm going against the Lord. I do not have a good feeling about this, but I'm still going. I don't have a good feeling about this. I'm still going. I don't have a good feeling about this. He's trying to tell you by the sense of life. He's teaching you concerning all things. He wants you to know him in this way. He wants you to know him inside of you, not outside of you telling you 
that's good, that's bad. Don't do that, do this. Be a good person, don't be a bad person. That's not what he wants. He wants you to know him inside of you. The sense of life inside of you to bring you into closer union with him. Oneness with him. So that you can live with him in everything that you do. In all things, you can live with Jesus. And then what will that result in? You'll be able to manifest him, express him in your living. You won't even be aware of it necessarily. But people will just be around you. And you are in strength. You're in satisfaction. You're in peace. You're in rest. You're watered. You're bright. They're around you and they're like, this person is released. They're living. They're comforted. I'm in pain. They may realize I'm in pain. I'm like this or whatever. They just realize there's something about you. Now you're a living testimony of the living God living inside of you because you followed this sense. But if you ignore this sense, it goes the other way. All right. Now, this, here it says learning by pursuing. That's the last point here. So how do we learn what I'm talking about? Some of us have some experience with this, right? Some of us may not. I remember one of my early experiences. I was sitting in my computer in my room when I was in high school. And I was sitting in front of my computer. And I, was, and I got on the computer. And I was going to check my financial aid. And I went to check my financial aid online. And I was sitting there. And I had no awareness that I was in fellowship with the Lord, but I was. Because the sense of life. But I didn't know that. So I'm, I'm there at the computer. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I went, and there was no financial aid. I didn't have any. So you know what I thought? I was really mad. I was like, what? I don't have any financial aid? But you know what the sense of life said inside? Don't worry about it. It was at peace. The Lord in me was like, this is absolutely no problem at all. Like that was the sense. It was complete rest. It was peace. It was basically, of course, I'm not saying there's any audible voice at all. It's a sense. The sense within me was, what are you worried about? I got this. And I was like, no, I'm going to ignore you. And I want to be mad right now. And I want to be anxious. Why don't I have financial aid? <laughs> but I remember that experience so vividly because it was two different senses in, in me at that time. The Lord's sense was clear. It was absolutely clear it was the Lord. He was in me as peace, as rest. Do not worry. But then I wanted to have my sense. Ah, what? And then eventually it worked out. As the Lord indicated clearly, forget, don't worry about this. A couple days later it came. That was just an experience I had. Another experience I had was I came home one day and I walked in the front door and I proceeded to the dining room. Then I proceeded to the kitchen. Then I proceeded to the sink. Then I picked up some dishes. I looked at them. And I started washing them. And then I thought to myself, what are you doing washing dishes? You never wash dishes. Why are you washing dishes? I realized this was Christ. That was Jesus washing dishes in my house. It really was. It was Christ. I wouldn't have done anything like that. That was an early experience, just a simple experience of realizing 
there's another person inside of me. For sure, there's another person living inside of me. That, that was not something I would ever do, especially just coming home. I could just come home, just walk in. Okay, oh, I'm just going to walk in the kitchen. Yeah, oh, there's some dishes. Let me start washing those. Yeah, it's so exciting. In high school. Yeah, no, I never washed the dishes, guys. It's not like I was like, I'm going to do my chores. No, that was Christ. There was just a flow there, something flowing in me, something of life was there. I felt good about that. I don't know. Very interesting, right? But then there were times when I felt this way, this way. I began to realize things in other circumstances where I realized I shouldn't be here right now. I shouldn't be here. No one was telling me you shouldn't be there, but I knew I shouldn't be there because of this sense. Emptiness, darkness. So what's going on here? There's some separation between the Lord and I, it feels like. This is the sense of death. The Lord's saying, you need to go. You want to follow me? Follow me. This is the Lord saying, follow me. I'm telling you, clearly. So it's up to us if we're going to follow or not, based on this sense, okay? So it's really up to us. And I know we're all here because we love Jesus Christ. Otherwise, why would you be sitting here listening to something like this? Because you love him and you want to follow him. This is utterly practical. It's amazing that God has, has not only, he's not only outside of us, like commanding us things, he would never be satisfied with that. He's actually come to live inside of human beings. He wants a relationship of inside. That's his relationship inside of men. And as we follow this sense of life, our relationship with the Lord will get utterly intimate, utterly close, so close with him that it's just indescribable. It's just indescribable. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's the meaning of the universe. And it, there's nothing that even remotely compares in the, in the world to having this kind of closeness with Christ, of him inside of us. The disciples didn't have this until after his resurrection. He was outside of them. But after his resurrection, he breathed himself inside of them. It's amazing. So here it says that we need to pursue. So it says, brothers, sis, brothers, I do not account of myself to have laid hold, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind, stretching forward to the things which are before. I pursue toward the goal for the prize to which God in Christ Jesus has called me upward. So if you feel like you've been out of fellowship with the Lord, that's okay. That's a good thing. If you actually feel like that, that means that you have the sense of life. Turn back. Turn back to Christ. That's excellent in a sense. Hallelujah. Just turn back to the Lord and forget the things which are behind. Do you see this? Forget. This is Paul saying that. He's saying forget. Paul, you think he was super special? He's saying forget the things which are behind. Press on to what's in front of you, what's ahead of you. Then he says in 1 Corinthians 4.3, I do not even examine myself. So maybe some of you are examining yourselves right now. That's not good. You're wondering, hmm, man, I'm such a horrible Christian. 
man, I, I really, I don't love the Lord that much. Man, I'm not going to make it. I haven't been making it or whatever. Paul didn't even examine himself. Don't examine yourself. Forget about it. You just look forward. Don't look backwards. Look forwards at the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to take you on. Don't get paralyzed by trying to figure out what's going on, what's happening to me. Why am I so dark or whatever? If you realize that you're dark or something like that, or you know what I mean, not that you're dark in a sense, but that you are in a realm of confusion. If you realize that, just come to the Lord as you are. He doesn't care. Come to him as you are. Tell him you want him and that you need him. Do you think he's not going to respond to you? He's inside of you. How can he not respond? He's a part of your being now. He literally is housed in you. You're his home. How can he not respond to you? He wants to respond to you. He wants to be with you in all things. Okay, I'm going to end with this verse. Two verses, real quick. So you know Isaiah? In Isaiah 66, it says in verses 1 and 2 that the Lord is the one who... What does it say? Does anyone remember how it starts? So the heavens are, are my throne, and the earth is a footstool for my feet. Okay, so this is the Lord. The heavens are, the, are my throne, and the earth is the footstool for my feet. Um, and then what's the next part? Where then is the place of my rest. And where is the house that you will build for me? This is what the Lord says. The heavens are my throne. The earth is the footstool for my feet. But where is the place of my rest? Where does the God of the universe find rest? You know what the next verse says? To this kind of man will I look. Man. That's where he finds his rest, is men. Inside of men's hearts. He wants to make his home inside of you. This is what he wants to do. And he does it by the sense of life. It's amazing. If you want to know the Lord, really know him this way according to the Bible, inside, not just in some kind of outward way, but really know Jesus, I would suggest that you ask him, Lord, I want to know you by the sense of life. I want to know what Paul is saying in Romans 8, 6. I want to experience this, Lord, as much as I can the next, this next year, the next half a year. Lord, the next half of year, this next semester, starting even right now. I want to know you by the sense of life more than I ever have in my whole life. If you simply ask the Lord for this, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. And if you knock, he'll open the door. He's inside of you. Why wouldn't he? Are you kidding? Guys, come on. He is not concerned with your failures. He is not concerned about it. 
Guys, seriously, let go of it. Say, peace out, failures. Later. Peace. Bye-bye. Don't forget the things which are behind. They try to haunt you. Say, no, get out of here. I'm not haunted by you. I love Jesus. And he loves me. And he chose me. He called me. He saved me. He's living inside of me. You can't be that corrupted. He's inside of you. Think about it. You feel like you're dirty, maybe. Think about it. He's inside of you right now. The dirtiness is gone by the blood of Christ. It cleansed it already. He washed you. You're clean. Just believe it. If you do believe it, praise the Lord. And if you don't believe it, it's okay. Because the Lord will cause you to believe it. I have full confidence in him. doesn't even matter if you don't believe it. Hallelujah. Praise the living God, y'all. So that's, that's how we're going to learn. We just pursue. Just simple prayers to the Lord. Don't worry too much about it. Don't think, oh, am I in the sense of life? Am I not? I don't know if I am. Am I going to get there? Am I not going to get there? I don't know if this is this, or is this me, or is this the Lord? Or, Oh, my goodness. Paul said he didn't even examine himself. It will happen spontaneously. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It will happen spontaneously if you just eat the Lord. Just pursue him, love him, sing to him. This last verse in here, it says, if you eat me, you'll live because of me. Just eat the word. Eat the Lord. You will spontaneously have the sense. It'll come up, and you'll be aware of it, and you'll be shocked, probably, if you haven't been already. When it comes up, it's like, whoa, okay, Lord, here you are. Amen. What am I going to do? Praise the Lord. And if you follow, then you grow, and you keep growing, and you keep growing, and you keep growing, and then you follow, and then you keep growing, and then you follow, and you keep growing, and the sense gets stronger and stronger, and the fellowship is deeper and deeper, and the Lord is closer and closer, and then he comes back, and then we're married forever, and then we're living eternally with the Lord. 